I said at the end of last term, after the summer break, we would begin a new sermon series called Lessons from the Life of David. And with us being on the Rotary Field as part of the Pearly Community Festival Churches Together service last week, we're only beginning this new series today. Now when I say the name David, what comes to mind? What comes to mind? If your name is David or your father, your son, your brother, your cousin or your husband or whatever is called David, it could be that you thought about yourself or of them. Being that we are the church gathered together listening to today's sermon, saying the name David, I trust, stirs up thoughts about David mentioned in the Bible. Now that we're all on the same page, all focused on that, let me ask the question again. When I say the name David, what comes to mind? Shepherd boy, yeah. A man after God's own heart. Songwriter, psalm writer, songwriter. Worshipper, dancer, warrior, king. And as Mark said, that wonderful accolade declared about him, a man after God's own heart. But there are two others that we tend to overlook. See some nodding heads, they just didn't want to say it. Adulterer and murderer. And yet, he is still named and called as a man after God's own heart. That gives all of us hope. David is all of these, as we'll see as we go through the series. Now today, I'm actually not going to look at the life of David. I want to go back a bit before David comes on the scene and look how it was possible for David to be given the mantle of king. The Israelites were never meant to have a king rule over them or lead them like all the nations around them. They were meant to be different, not conforming to the ways of the world. They were meant to be led by God by obeying and following His commandments and keeping His laws. God called them out from among the nations to be His chosen people, and God was to be their king. After all, he is the king of kings. Now, after being freed from slavery in Egypt, wandering around the desert, they finally made it to the promised land, but failed to carry out all the instructions God gave them, namely to rid the land of the nations and tribes that were occupying it, and they left remnants in their midst. After Joshua died, the one who led them into the promised land, They were left without a leader and soon found themselves being attacked and defeated by the nations around them because of their rebelliousness against God, namely worshipping false gods, the gods of the nations still living in the promised land. They would then cry out to God who would raise up a leader, a judge, to speak to them and get them to repent of their rebelliousness and follow the ways of God who would lead them into battle to defeat the enemies oppressing them, and this would bring about peace for a period once more, until they repeated the cycle. This happened 12 times. This is what the book of Judges in the Old Testament is all about. It's about the 12 judges that set the Israelites free. And the book of Judges closes with with the phrase, In those days there was no king in Israel, 
Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Judges 21, 25. Doing right in their own eyes was not necessarily, necessarily the same as doing right in God's eyes. And this is very similar to what we are experiencing these days, where everyone can have their own truth and do what they believe to be the truth. But that's a talk for another time. In the period between the last judge, who was Samson, and the appearance of Samuel the prophet, who appointed and anointed the first king of Israel, the nation seemed to be relatively stable and being led by the priests of the temple, even though they did not always follow the commands of God fully. Israel was still coming under attack from their neighboring nations, particularly the Philistines. Now, why is Samuel chosen to be the one to anoint and appoint the first king of Israel? And where does he come from? The book that bears his name in our Bibles, 1 and 2 Samuel, are one book in the Jewish scriptures, and we'll be looking at these, book, the, these books extensively during this series. Samuel is the much prayed for first child of Hannah, a wife of Elkanah, an Ephraimite. Hannah was barren, while Elkanah's other wife had children. Hannah petitioned God for a son and promised to dedicate the child to the Lord. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head. 1 Samuel 1, 11. If you're familiar with the story, they were up at the temple, and Hannah was praying, and Eli the priest thought she was drunk and challenged her, and she explained what the situation was. Not long after this petitional prayer, God blessed her with a son, whom she named Samuel. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, along with the three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and she brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. Then they slaughtered the bull, and they brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who is standing here in your presence, praying to thee, Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. 1 Samuel 1, 24-28. Every year Elkanah and his family would go up to the temple to worship as was required of them. And every year Hannah would bring up a new set of clothes that she made for Samuel. Now the young man Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. 1 Samuel 3.1 The Lord began to speak to Samuel from a young age. At first Samuel thought it was Eli speaking to him, until Eli realized that it was the Lord and told Samuel to say those now often quoted words, Speak, for your servant is listening. 1 Samuel 3.10, verse B. And the, and the Lord spoke to him. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. And the word of Samuel came to all Israel. 1 Samuel 3. 19 to 41. 
Samuel was the prophet to the nations. Eli's sons die on the battlefield while fighting the Philistines, and they have the Ark of the Covenant with them. And there's another whole story in that, which we're not going to look at. Eli is told about their deaths, and he's old. He can hardly see. He's overweight, and he's sitting on a chair, and he falls backwards, and he breaks his neck and dies. And Samuel then becomes the spiritual leader of Israel. And Samuel said to all the house of Israel, If you are returning to the Lord with all your heart, then put away the foreign gods and the asteroids from among you and direct your hearts to the Lord and serve him only. And he will deliver you out of the hands of the Philistines. So the people of Israel put away the Baals and the asteroids and they served the Lord only. 1 Samuel 7, 3-4. The Philistines tried to attack Israel once more, but God delivered them and the Israelites destroyed the Philistines. So the Philistines were subdued and did not again enter the territory of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. The cities that the Philistines had taken from Israel were restored to Israel, from Ekron to Gath. And Israel delivered their territory from the hand of the Philistines. There was peace also between Israel and the Amorites. Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life. 1 Samuel 7, 13 to 15. I said at the beginning that I would show you how it was possible for David to be able to take on the mantle of king. And we see that in 1 Samuel, we see that in 1 Samuel chapter 8. I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but the beginning and the end of the chapter, I'll start, I'll just read those. You can read the middle section on, in your own time. It is the warning of what the kings who reign will do to their people. That's the middle section they're going to leave out. So I'm going to read 1, 1 Samuel chapter 8 and number of verse at the beginning and then skip down to the end. When Samuel became old, he made his sons judge over Israel. The name of his firstborn son was Joel and the name of his second Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba. Yet his sons did not walk in his ways but turned aside after gain. They took bribes and perverted justice. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Behold, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord, and the Lord said to Samuel, Obey the voice of the people in all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. According to all the deeds that they have done, from the day I brought them up out of Egypt even to this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are also doing to you. Now then, obey their voice, only you shall solemnly warn them and show them the ways of the king who shall reign over them. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking for a king from him. You can read the rest of the chapter until it comes down to the end where it says, and you shall be his slaves, talking about the people of Israel towards the king. They will be slaves to the king. And in that day you will cry out because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves. But the Lord will not answer you in that day. But the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, no, but there shall be a king over us, that we also may be like all the nations, and that your king may judge us and go out before us 
and fight our battles. And when Samuel had heard all the words of the people, he repeated them in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Obey their voice and make them a king. Samuel then said to the men of Israel, Go, every man to his city. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 1 to 9, and then 17 to 22. In asking for a king, the Israelites were rejecting the Lord as their king and wanted to be like the rest of the nations, despite being told by God they were called out of the nations to be different, to reveal the Lord to those nations. The people of Israel wanted to be like the other nations and not a nation that was different and set apart for the Lord. Now like the Israelites, we are living in this world, but God has called us not to be of this world. We've been called out of darkness and into, into the light of Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. It is through his life, death, and resurrection that we now have access to the throne of God and are able to call him Abba, Father God. So the Israelites rejected God and asked for a king. That's how David was able to become king, but not straight away. Next week, we'll look at the first king of Israel and get our first glimpse of David. Amen. Short and sweet. I knew we had a longer time of communion today, but I also want to have time for discussion. Um, so, discussion questions. What one thing stood out for you from this message? And second question, like Hannah, are there things in your life that you're still petitioning God for? Share if you feel you can, then pray for one another. Just two things. Two things to discuss around the table. So, those online, thank you for being with us. I trust you can mull over those two questions and in your own time deal with them. Those in the hall, let's uh, gather around the table. If you want to move tables, change from tables, then feel free to do that. So, to those online, goodbye to you. To those in the hall, let's discuss.